I'm the doctor. I'm a time time. I'm from the planet Gallifrey, the constellation of Hesterbrush. Now I see a rise, a rise. Time and relative dimension in space. It means life. Greetings, humans, Daleks, Time Lords, and Scribble Monsters. You are listening to Exterminating Doctor Who on Otter Radio. This is the show to take unpopular episodes of Doctor Who and ask if they're really all that bad. With your hosts, Aidan Gula. And me, George Ellis. And in today's episode, we are talking about Series 2's Fear Her. This is an episode we recorded a while back, actually, yeah, before, a ago. before our Otter Radio debut. Until <laughs> <laughs> we're now famous. <laughs> yes, we... Um, this was something I intended on doing on my own, as I said in episode one. So George joined me for an interview. At that time, he was just a guest. Yeah. I was the only host. I was a guest. Since then, he's become my beautiful co-host. So, <laughs> so You heard it here, folks. I am the beautiful co-host. Yes. So I have edited down this pre-recorded interview and prepared it for your... Listening peers. Towards the end, you might notice there's a slight problem with the audio quality, but that was just something that was wrong with my home studio mic at the time i've since sorted out so it's all fine it's much better recording in the studio so if you think you're hearing a weird noise no it's not your headphones that was just the problem with the file but i've tried to edit it down denoise it as much as possible so hopefully it should be okay enjoy Enjoy. and that holds on to many episodes there are many episodes that are traditionally seen as well bad mm. but there's some that i thought you know what when i was six i didn't mind that and fear her the topic of this episode mm-hmm. is a great example of that because the parodies the memes i see about fear her, about just how bad it is are endless that and love and monsters which of course is inevitably going to be another episode oh, yeah. of this podcast maligned to death everybody hates them but you know what sometimes i actually don't mind them I watched Fear Her not too long ago. Couldn't put a date on it, but not long ago at all. And you know what? I was watching it expecting to go, I'm grown up now. I've done a year of a film course. I'm going to be able to criticize this. But there was bits that I thought, yeah, this this is questionable. But other bits when I thought, this isn't as bad as people make it out to be. Yeah. You can kind of, you yes, no, I get you. Shall we get on to talking about it now, then? Yeah, well, this, is, this is our yeah. lead-in. I was Good expecting you to battle that with going, no. well, Aiden, no, it is bad. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, well, listen, I'm used to podcasts doing a big kind of, this is a big section, but if we're going to do it more subtly, then yes, I'd say I do disagree with you. I think it's definitely got certain aspects which you can enjoy, but I just think it's so out of place and feels so different to the rest of the entire... In, just series really it doesn't quite work personally mainly if i'm going to pick out one thing it'll be the fact that it just feels i'd say cheap in a way it feels like it's not quite a budget saver sort of crap but i've seen budget saver episodes the midnight train i think it's called is such a good it's a classic budget episode you have a small space that's the one why did i call it midnight train Midnight Train going anywhere. Um, <laughs> no, but it's mid. It's such a good episode, that one. 
And it shows you that with a low budget, you can really make things work. Hell, we know that low budgets can work. We have no budget for this. Well, yes, that's true. <laughs> but I just think it doesn't quite hit the nail on any aspect, really. And it's so disjointed, the ending. Oh, we'll get on to the ending in a, yeah. later. I mean, I think if we go through some common criticisms yes. of... Because, I mean, I don't even... Focused. I've just got... I googled something just to Google who wrote it, actually. But I know the criticisms. And, of well, the biggest one, fear her. Let's talk about her. One of the biggest criticisms of this episode is the little girl. Both the characterization of the girl being, I am Chloe Webber, who is possessed by an alien that just wants to be with their family. So possesses... Like E.T., but mean. Yes. And instead of phoning home, this alien, whose species are can't think of off the top of my head i'll probably google it in a minute but this alien decides to kidnap children to make their own family essentially both that concept as well as the poor child actors acting Mm. are commonly criticized as being yeah no what do you so what do you think about those concepts see now the thing is of course i'm gonna put aside the fact well things about the child acting that i think is you're talking about a child actor for a start on a BBC budget yeah, on a probably rushed episode in 2006. And I sort of think if you're criticizing this actor's ability, I'm sort of like, is that a valid argument? And now people could come back on that and say, well, what about something like Bugsy Malone? That's a film from the yeah, 70s there are with child actors. examples where child actors... I... I find it with a child actor, I either love them or I hate them. Yes. There's never an in-between with me. Apart from in this case, I find her to be a bit... I'm not... I don't think personally... Right, if I have to say... Right, if I had to say best actor ever or worst actor ever, ever, I'd probably say worst actor. But that doesn't mean she is the worst. She's not... There were probably better options. Yes. But as you said, it's it's a BBC product. It's, it's, it's a low-budget BBC production for probably one of the lowest budget episodes of Mm. the series and especially as i mean going into the audition process her only role is to sit in her bedroom and scribble on a piece of paper yeah it's it's not really a character that would require much acting Mm. chops the like i mean the biggest acting she has i suppose is when she's at the bottom of the stairs at the end and the scribble of her abusive father comes to life I just realized how, what a weird sentence that is That's, to somebody who... Oh, I've, I've completely pushed that bit out of my mind, actually. <laughs> I'm just thinking, imagine if somebody just, I don't know, walked into this room now or just heard this part of the podcast. They'd be like, what are you talking about? Yes, there's a girl who cowers at the bottom of the stairs while a drawing of her abusive father comes to life. And the only way to fight off this monster is to sing Kookaburra Sits in the Old Oak Tree. Oh, wow. It's 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 so strange. I remember so many parts of this episode, but my brain has just pushed out certain elements. Yeah. I remember the abusive father. I remember what he, the scribble looked like. I don't remember. I, like the song has just come flooding back to me. That is. Yeah. Also, I realize it's gum tree as well, isn't it? Not oak tree. It, I don't care. Kookaburra sits <laughs> in the old gum tree. Jamie, Matt, that's oh, it's amazing how this is. It's all, but it, I, it's one of those things I think about so Doctor Who. But, like no, you but could this... not get away with that in any other property on but this earth. But should you be allowed to get away with it in this property? That's a good point. Should you be allowed? Should 
Because it's so bonkers, should you be allowed to do it because it's Doctor Who? I think if it's bonkers and good, it works. But it's just being bonkers for the sake of being bonkers. It doesn't... It it can be endearing, but it doesn't mean it's good, you know? Mm. Like this, I find this... I find parts of this episode to be semi in. No, I don't actually. I don't. I think for <laughs> what about and, the silver and, ball bearing cake? Is that interesting? Love and monsters. I find. We'll go on to that in another episode. I find endearing. This one, no. I just find it to be probably the worst one in my opinion because it just it feels so out of place. I've said this, and if I'm going to focus on an element with the with the acting as we're focusing on now, to have the child actor act how she does. It's it's so jarring compared to David or Billy Piper. Their acting is, I think, unwavering in quality throughout the entire run of their time in Doctor Who. Any series. They do not drop in quality. So to have them act against or with someone who just seems to be so... I don't want to say worse because that's mean, kind of just on a different kind of level it it's it doesn't it means you notice that difference in quality yeah so i i I would say i think they probably could have cast the child actor better but it wasn't written so they could cast someone Mm. better so it goes back to the writing i i think it's a badly kind of written episode mainly because the story i think across the course of this series of this podcast Mm. badly written episode it's probably going to be in here so often it yeah. should be a drinking game. Yes. Because that is really what we're saying. Although that idea of something being so bonkers that it could only get away with in Doctor Who, the biggest thing about Doctor Who, and has been since the very first episode in 1963, if the writing's bad, the episode's bad. Yeah. And you could make it look amazing. The Leisure Hive is an episode from 1980, I believe. It looks amazing. Is the story good? No. It's terrible. And ultimately, it's remembered as a bad episode. And Fear Her is one of those great examples of that, where it's directed by a man called Euros Lin, who recorded, who, who directed a lot of Doctor episodes, many of them outstanding episodes. Can he save Fear Her? That's the question. No. And in your case, it'd be no. In my case, is he does his best. <laughs> I think he does his best with what he's been given. The script and the writing, yes. Also, I'd say the budget is noticeable. Noticeably worse. Because you're essentially just he, on one street. Yeah. The the camera work seems slightly worse. Not slightly worse. It seems like he's having to do certain shots. So it, so it... It's a classic. You do longer shots so you don't have to do more cameras. You just have one long... You, it's so you don't have to keep reshooting stuff. It's, mm. it's a simple practice that we do in our films probably to the detriment um but no i'd i'd say he's done his best with what he's given but again but you'd say what he's given could have been is such a low quality that you can't lift it much higher it's it's, the the story is okay in its base concept in its base concept it is probably a good idea bonk is enough and has the potential to be good enough okay you have this kid abusive abusive dad is part of all this blah 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 yes alien you've explained alien wants friends 
that in itself is a bit childish, but it works because it's a child, yeah? You can say the alien's a child. But then it goes down this route of, okay, what do we make the alien look like? Right, so we've got the Cybermen. We've got the Daleks. What else could... Weeping Angels? No, let's go with Scribbles. Well, technically, the alien itself looks more like a flower. I'm going to have to Google. Bear with me when I just Google what the alien's called. But the actual alien itself looks like a flower. At the end of the episode, it flies out of Chloe Webber's mouth. Nice. Where she goes, I can't remember what the exact line is, but it's something like, be free, Chloe so Webber. And then it, it flies yeah. out of Chloe Webber's mouth. The scribble monster is Chloe getting angry. And just okay. scribbles on her page. Let's just think and about so it comes to life. The connection between those two then. So you've got flower, scribble monsters. It's, it feels, again, it disconjointed. It doesn't feel like those two things would make sense together. A flower and scribbles. And it shows how... Like, I, I haven't... I saw this, to be fair. I'd say I can remember most of it. But it's these kind of elements that I've kind of pushed out because they're forgettable. And I feel like if no Doctor Who script, they're so... It's so bonkers. It shouldn't be forgettable. Yeah. No part of it should be forgettable. And it should all make sense. Although it's like Doctor Who, it's it's science fiction. It should always make sense in a sense that you can understand it. You know, it, it makes sense in the universe. Like Jedi, lightsabers. Yes. Kyber crystals. You, it, It's all explained in universe. So it should always make... Like it should always connect. So a flower and scribbles. So the, the scribbles are just her being angry. It's mm. her interpretation of the flower parasite thing. The Isolus. Just Googled it. The, the Isolus, Isolus, it's called. I will give them that. That's... A, quite a good name to be fair for an alien forgettable again because it's confusing but kind of a funky name what do you think of the funky name i mean it's all right isn't it i've heard better i've heard better i've heard better names but there's also much worse for example the putting but i think it's a nice way to then go into another criticism that i see a lot is that you said david tennant and billy piper are still fine in it a lot of people say they're not really and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you for why. There's a lot of people to say the emphasis on the episode is very... A lot... Okay, this is going to blow your mind because it actually stresses me out. There's a lot of people who don't like Rose. And to me, that that's... me a bit. It, to me, that's mental because that's like... That's my companion. Do you know what I mean? Mm. That was... I mean, I was four when Doctor Who came back. So I was, what, five when she left Doctor Who and then seven when she came back to Doctor Who. So to me, it's very much like Rose is my era of Doctor yeah. Who. When I went to the Doctor Who club in my school, when I was in sixth form, the children in that class hated Rose. And in the house that you're in right now, somebody who lives here hates Rose. Where are they? They're upstairs. Yeah. I will. You've got your headphones on, so don't go running away. <laughs> but no, a lot of people don't wow. like Rose. And a common criticism is that the relationship was way in episodes like fear her it's way too heavy and it's like sort of a bit like okay we sort of want a bit more sci-fi concept over hi i'm with the doctor and rose and we're in love la, 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 well, we la. don't just see them we don't see one day of their life then the next day we see many we jump around that's part of doctor who you jump around time yes so really we kind of we get an idea of their timeline we don't see every part of it, though, do we? Mm. It's like with any TV show. I would say, David, maybe the Doctor's characterization is a little bit weirder 
in this episode. A I've key just, example yes. that I don't know if it's the, the scene tea. you're thinking of. Is it the tea and the ketchup? It's something in a kitchen. That's one. Yeah, I it's a jar of peanut butter That's or something like that. Bingo. And he just walks in, opens it up, dips his fingers I think it's in. Jam. Jam. I think it's jam. Yeah, I think so. Peanut butter seems too American. Yeah, it feels very English. And it's yeah. Doctor Who is very English. Yeah, it's more like here's a pot of jam yes. than more like where's a peanut butter. I'm not doing accents again. Um, <laughs> Um, no, yeah, that's a scene. It's funny that you thought that one, but the scene that I see people a lot of just go, what? And it is that, but he just walks in and people like go, I know the dog's supposed to be weird and alien, but David Tennant's like the most down-to-earth doctor, so much so that he wears like earth clothes. I love his and clothes. And you just walked in and dipped your fingers in a pot of jam for what reason? And people say there's scenes like that, maybe that and the way sort of Rose is sort of very much like, I want the doctor back, which although I sort of think, well, you would because you're, you're in the future yeah. for a start. You're in, there's a time machine down the road. You should probably have somebody who's going to take care of that. So I think when you're going, I want the doctor back, you're more thinking about the safety of the universe mm. than you are thinking, where's my boyfriend gone? <laughs> so people say things like, it's, but people say it's like, there's these jarring scenes like that and they just go, what that's not the doctor who we want to watch okay right so run with that i will um because sometimes you gotta run before you can walk my favorite quote not from doctor who from uh, iron man as many of you do know if you don't you what about know. um pain is temporary film is forever is that not your favorite quote oh what's that is that from our course from our course oh. yeah <laughs> shows you how much i love the course <laughs> and i have to ask oh right okay david i think david and billy are both fantastic actors i think david is a um, un i think he's probably one of my favorite actors you know i was thinking about this after des and i genuinely think he is my favorite actor just ever yeah i i, I if there's any actor i want to meet it is david yeah now billy um i think she's uh i think she's very i think she's good i really do like her but then my for example we say my mum for example she doesn't like billy piper as an actor she doesn't she thinks she's not very good and i can understand why but i think part of billy's kind of draw for me is the fact that i grew up with her my if but if i'm okay completely clear here my favorite actor my favorite companion for doctor who in david tennant's era will be martha i know most people don't actually think that but i really do like martha to be my favorite companion yeah billy isn't my favorite but i do i do i say i billy is probably my second favorite companion my least favorite being um donna which i'm genuinely gonna throw something at you Mark. yeah <laughs> but it doesn't mean i don't like her. i do like all of i do like every single companion for david's era but i would say david in this episode is a better is the best actor there because when he did the jam bit bit weird again that's the writing bit weird but i think he played that quite well and you gotta remember the doctor is a character who has been alive for many years so maybe in a situation he's going to be more of a child a bit, bit more childish in a certain situation does this kind of at that time did it seem like a world threatening world ending event no no so would he act like he needs to save the day again he's just helping a kid out that's what he would thought at that at time. that at that, at stage. that stage yes yeah. not yeah of course not of course it's dog too so it's always larger than life yes and when the stage, everybody in the that stadium at the end goes missing i think the threat we'll amps up a little stadium. bit but but yeah no i just think in that moment it maybe shouldn't have been done exactly how it was done but i think it kind of works and then if you look at matt smith 
in his start of his era. Outlandish, out there. I'd say if you put Matt Smith's in David's shoes in that situation, would anyone really have batted an eye at it? Probably not, actually, no. thinking about it. If that so, had been Matt Smith's Doctor, yeah. that seems very on character. And you've got to remember that the Doctor is... This is one thing I'm adamant about in Doctor Who. The Doctor is every single incarnation in one. In most... Ca- part most in the versions there's always an element of the doctor that comes out more because that's because remember they're different different personalities they're not different what's the word for it if we it's kind of like different outlets for certain parts of his character each incarnation of the doctor but every incarnation is still that person yeah he's the same person same memories so that's so i think i can let that jam bit slide go Mm. i think there are much bigger catastrophic turns in doctor who than the doctor putting his fingers in a pot of jam to be fair who hasn't which is why well not me but i would if yeah i'm thinking i don't think i ever have i okay that was a bad point but i I would (laughs) i would i'm not i'm not that barbaric no i'm thinking they just there are other things in doctor who that i just have much bigger problems with the doctor putting his fingers in jam so when people list that as one of their criticisms of this episode i sort of think that's just a bullet point you're putting in for the sake of it because that's not a major issue i'm aware of the issues with this episode it is by no means my favorite episode if i had to rank every single episode of the new run or more actually it'd probably be somewhere near the bottom but i just think it's not as bad as people make out and something i just Main devil's advocate you know yes and something that i just saw when i was trying to find the name of the isolus is that isosceles that 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 as well it's a triangle monster um something i saw was quite interesting because it sort of builds on my point is that matthew graham the writer he received lots of letters when the episode went out obviously because I don't think Twitter was a thing back then, so nobody can tweet him and say, good work, or go die, you can't write Doctor Who, as the other side would probably be. Maybe for the better, you know? Yes, so he received letters, because we're talking the noughties and it's old school. He received letters from children who said, what a great episode. I loved that. That was really fun. Adult fans, on the other hand, what the hell was that? Now... And I think that's a really interesting point. Do we say Doctor Who's for adults or for kids? That comes into it as well. Because when I was a kid, I watched this when I was a kid. And I didn't love it. I, I enjoyed I much, it. I much preferred later on in the series, the Daleks and Cybermen fighting each other. Whoa. But I didn't mind this episode. Doctor Who did crossovers I saw before crossovers qu- were cool. Mm, I sort of quite like more grounded episodes in Doctor Who. I sort of, I've always been a fan of sort of like the Doctor. It's really strange to say, but it's like, I quite like the Doctor just sort of everyday life sort of episodes, which is why another one I really like that some people criticise a lot of is the Matt Smith episode, The Lodger, when he moves in with uh, James Corden before he went to America. And I love that episode because I just love those episodes where the Doctor's more feels like somebody on Earth. I don't know why, I just... there's. There's something about those episodes that I just really, really like. Seeing the Doctor kind of adjust to everyday life. Yeah. Another example that will probably be a topic in this ep- on this podcast, actually, because a lot of people really don't like this episode, but is a Peter Capaldi episode called The Caretaker. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's one where 
surprise, surprise, he, he's the caretaker of Cold Hill School. I mean, the monster is terrible in the episode. It really is the Scobox Blitzer. But I just like that grounded Doctor adapting to everyday life. And Fear Her feels like one of them. Those ones, I feel like I like those more grounded episodes. And when I was a kid, I appreciated that. And I suppose that love has just followed through to when I'm now 19 and can watch it again and go, oh, I quite like this one when I was a kid. And that hasn't really gone away. There are things, and it's not like just a nonsense nostalgia, nostalgia thing, because yeah. there are things that I watch, like the old pre-MCU Marvel films. Used to love them as a kid. I watch Don't them now. Don't displayed. I watch, no, Blade's still all right. But Daredevil, for example... Oh. When I was a kid, I loved Daredevil. Like, absolutely loved it. Wow. But then the TV series happened. Mm. Kind of and showed I, you what it could have And been. I grew up. And I tried watching Daredevil again. I couldn't get through 10 minutes of it. Ooh. I was just like, what is this? And that's how I'm saying, like, it's not just blind nostalgia. There aren't just things like, I loved this as a kid, and so I still love it. There are things I do turn on. Same reason I don't want to ever revisit the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man films. I love them because no, I've, I know I've I'm gonna. Because I know I I'm gonna. Them. But I know I'm gonna find faults with them now. Okay, fair enough. Don't watch them then. Don't. So I don't want to watch them. I want them to live on in my childhood memory. Yeah. But something like Fear Her is weird. That Fear Her hasn't done that to me. That's Why do I watch that now? But don't find. Yeah, those that, problems that's the reason with for it. this podcast, you know. Yeah, and that's why I'm saying like. If you, there's, there's, there is a love that comes for the episode that I just think, not a love, but there's, it isn't, appreciation. yeah, it isn't, we don't have to treat it as the episode of, oh, it's that one with the Olympic torch and the flower monster and scribble monster and the dad picture that comes to life because you can have a lot of fondness attached to it. And I think really sometimes that feeling overrides the doctor putting his fingers in potty jam. Uh, I like that bit, but no, um, I, yeah, as kind of a parallel to what you were just saying then with, um, just cause I'm not just cause I'm doing the negative side of this argument doesn't mean I don't have a fondness for some stuff from when I was a kid. I like, I love most, um, uh, David Tennant era, but if you, for me, it's like, if you look at, um, Batman, the animated series, that is something so me. A lot of you probably won't even know what that is. If you do, great. But this is just me oh, saying... Oh, I'm sure they will. This will be super nerds listening to this. right. But I absolutely adore Batman the Animated Series. And Batman the New Adventures, which is kind of the season four kind of time Superman thing. I'm, I adore those. I cannot... I love every single episode. There's, I can... I probably, dis, I probably have a ranking system, but I can watch any episode any time of that series. So I do definitely have a nostalgia for it but doesn't but same with Aiden I can I'm not uh, held captive by it yeah so although I'm talking the negative in this argument doesn't mean I'm not a kind heart you don't dismiss so, everything yes that's yes. the thing mm. there's one of the things I can support with this episode is that the budget and the script ambition do not match and I'd say it's fine on the street perfectly fine so when you hit the Olympics, because the graphics, the actual, the way they make the Olympics look, which is essentially a black backdrop with the Doctor holding a torch, looks cheap. And that's the only time I think, I bet when Matthew Graham was writing it, he probably thought, this is great, low budget, we're on a street, it's fine. 
when he threw the Olympics in. That's what I think really gets the crutches of why this looks low budget. Do you think he maybe got carried away? Like he'd written most of it Probably. and was like, okay, let's Olympics. have a big bang. What's relevant right now? Because hmm. be I mean, it's obviously set in 2012 when we held yes. the Olympics. So it's set six years in the future. And I could imagine probably on his first draft it wasn't in 2012 i can imagine it was probably in 2006 i'm just speculating here i've oh, no yeah, yeah. i have no idea it could have been from 2012 this is no fact this is speculation his, his whole idea could have come from 2012 who knows but i wouldn't be surprised if he started with street sort of flower type thing possessive child 2006 fine modern day and then he thought oh we're holding the olympics in six years time let's throw that in okay. and that's when the budget was like hold on how are we gonna do that would you have, would you say you would like the episode more if it didn't have the totally? I think there? if you made it a street way, you you could make that episode actually really good. Get rid of the Olympics, yeah. Throw that out, Chuck it, and have it more like a midnight sort of situation where you've got a street, people are going missing, and everybody suspects each other. We'll we'll, we'll talk more about this later after we've got through the nitpicks. We'll focus on how we could improve it. Also, another thing I reckon is a theory, though I've not really ever seen probably written down, but the fact that we have grown up with it is people that were, I don't know, five or six when it was originally on. We saw the Olympics. We saw it happen. So now that we watch this episode, we sort of go, well, it didn't look like that, did it? And it looks very just, it's a stadium. We've got the Olympics. Here's a torch. Our Olympics were not like that. Our Olympics were bonkers. But again, there are examples of stuff where they've done fu- like future tech really well, haven't they? Like if you look at stuff like Alien, you look at the way they've done kind of their futuristic tech. It's dated, but it's got a sense of style to it. It's not just done haphazardly. So it's not like they, they did that badly because of budget or because of the um, idea for it to be. What, what could the Olympics be? It's just because it was a bad idea and badly done. Because mm. it's, it's not like it hasn't been done before that yeah. kind of stuff has been done and it could have been done quite well so it's just again it feels like it could have been better personally yeah i just wonder if that's why people don't have the same nostalgic sense that i've i yeah. have with it because my i keep saying love but i i don't love the episode but my admiration Honestly. of the episode hasn't gone away like it has for some of these marvel movies like i explained earlier but i think maybe a lot of people sort of think that isn't how the olympics looked and it sort of bothers them in a way so as they've got older thought it didn't look like that this episode isn't great is it why is he putting his fingers in jam it's, it's, why it's, this it's, girl it's, can't act and i think there's a lot of these things that just, it's the jam thing again it's the it's the focus on the little things the little things that don't work and it just adds up yeah it's another reason to not like it you know and i think yeah i think you've hit the nail on the head there with why but i think mm, you've come around a tiny I, bit maybe not because come, you said that the jam problem is very minor you've said that the budget is a bit too ambitious for the script, but again, it's a BBC budget mm. and you've come around on the okay, maybe. Rose relationship. You've caught me out here. So I feel, I I feel, feel like I've wooed you into fear her now. I've been bamboozled here. But how would you make this episode better? Uh, right. Well, as we've both, I'd say as you would agree here, we take out the Olympic. Throw element. out the Olympics. Chuck that out. I think it... it Part of the charm, as we've discussed here, is the fact it's grounded. And by adding the Olympics, it makes it not a grounded episode anymore. It's now this larger-than-life thing. And it takes away from the characters. I would also... I would have... I would have... 
The idea of being scribble monsters kind of works for the child, but I'd change that element, probably. I'd change it to being... So the flower, the isosceles thing, is yes. a... <laughs> it's a parasite, basically. That's what it is. Is it? That's kind of what it is. Essentially. It's like a hummingbird... Not a hummingbird. Kookaburra uh, sits in the old gum tree. <laughs> it's like a, what the hippos have on their backs. I never remember what they are. But it's like that kind of thing. It's It's a... It, 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 it's that it's like a parasite and by what was i saying I've, you know i got sidetracked with hippos there i'm so sorry <laughs> um with the parasite i'd focus more on the idea of her of controlling the girl rather than the control okay the controlling the girl i quite i wouldn't say like i don't like the fact the girl's being controlled by a parasite i like the i i do like that concept though and it could be well done but then when it gets onto the girl then draw scribbles and then those scribbles come alive and then it's 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 like it has a focused idea and then it just goes too big mm. simplicity sometimes is the best thing so i take out the olympics i might this is if i'm able to do this i might recast the girl i, I, I knew you were going to say that then i just saw recast come from yes. your lips before <laughs> you said it i probably recast with someone maybe a little bit older so maybe you could if you want to aim this still kind of at kids but i'd probably aim for someone younger than us but older than her hmm. kind of go for kind of a teenager kind of the stress that you deal with at that age you know so it's not just about an alien making friends it's an alien that wants to kind of fit in with our world and does that by attaching to a host hmm. and trying to experience the world through there but maybe does some terrible things along the way so they can still become the drawings but it doesn't have to have the scribble monsters yeah. it still has that and the naff sort of effects of the moving on the wall kidnaps the friends into the static i'd say photographs she takes pictures of people and then they're gone they're in a a picture they're there they're she collects these pictures of friends she wants but it's still she's not actually got the friends because they're not moving they're trapped in a status time wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff yes they're trapped so she's not she hasn't got this friend she's got this idea of maybe these guys are my friends or maybe they could be my friend so it's the idea of the alien discovering that to make friends you don't kidnap them you you learn you you want them to be happy and you want your friends don't you don't want them to be trapped you want them to be happy There we go. That was our pre-recorded um, interview back from when households could mix, hence why it was recorded in my very echoey house. It's much better recording in the um, radio studio. Hope you enjoyed it. We will be back in February, hopefully, with some new episodes. We're going to do a review of Revolution of the Daleks. No, but thank you for listening, everyone. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. See ya. Do you want to click stop? Eh? Do you want to click stop? Yes, I'll do it in a moment.